And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men marveled. Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side, because they are the host with the most, of course. They are the ones in charge. This is their podcast. They are at the captain's chair. They're behind the wheel. Therefore, they are steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. Welcome to His Hard Line, episode 520. And we are going to be doing a reading out of Genesis chapter 39 with a little bit of a summary. And today is Sunday, April 23rd, 2023. I'm going to post a quick link here for Clout Hub. Um, so I've been adding, uh, added a little bit of a backdrop to my background here. Because as you know, I got a camera that faces the studio equipment. And then, of course, I got my webcam that's built into the laptop. So I will switch back and forth from the, uh, from the you know, um, separate webcam to the webcam that's built in. Um, so it's not constantly always, you know, on the studio equipment, like right now, I'm going to switch it to my ugly face right now. There you go. I bought this lovely on air light sign from Hobby Lobby cost me $12.99 and it is a wonderful addition to my little studio. Granted, we're not professional over here. You know, it's not like KZZM, you know, you know, the, the, you know, 93.3, the beast or whatever, but, uh, you know. It works for what we got over here. You know what I'm saying? So, we, you know, this is this is called a, a studio on a budget. But I tell you what, it's my studio and I like it. So 
Let's uh, take a look at the chat real quick. I always like to say howdy to some people, especially some of the normal regulars. We got uh, Destry Payne up there in Alaska. We all call him the snowman. He's part of your Alaska General General Assembly. Got my beautiful wife in the house sitting there with her little headphone emoji as her little icon. Somebody with a, a Podbean giving screen name of a bunch of letters. Sorry, I cannot address those. We have Mary up there in northern Michigan. I am betting her husband is sitting right next to her. Keith, we want to say hello to them. And their little dog, Trixie. They got the cutest dog ever. Let's see here. And then we got Leslie Liberty, Rietta, and I'm sure Donnie. They're up there, I guess, from what I understand in the chat. They're up there in the state of Washington for their daughter, I believe. Yeah. So anyway, right. Let me look. Yeah. Daughter and her husband. Well, that's cool. <clears throat> so welcome everybody and uh yeah that's right destry uh, i texted him earlier asking him how he was feeling because he got a new set of chompers full uppers and lowers and uh, uh look i'm happy for him but i do not envy him for the amount of pain uh that he had to go through <laughs> i just don't envy him one bit so, but, uh, yeah, my aunt, God rest her soul, she actually had partials on her uppers. And I know that wasn't a pretty penny, and it's not a fun process to go go through. Okay, quick disclaimer. Remember, as always, state periodically on the podcast, I am not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat. I'm not a financial advisor, uh, a pastor. I'm not a priest, deacon, or biblical scholar. I'm not a bar lawyer. I do not give out legal advice. I'm also not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. And additionally, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man. And the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own unless I reference other materials. So there you go. Um, I do have to read this comment because this is interesting. I mean, it's it's so true, too. He says, uh, it cost me as much as a brand new pickup truck. That's right, because the uh, full uppers and lowers um, I know he won't mind me saying it because he already put it out here once on the chat, but yeah, it was $56,000 cash. That wasn't financed either. 56 K. Um, yeah, that was about, uh, that's more than my second Mustang that I bought. Cause when I bought my 2013 Mustang back in May of 2012, that thing cost me around 48,000 plus the 6,000 in negative equity. I rolled into my, uh, you know, for my other Mustang, like an idiot. I tell you what, I learned one thing about new vehicles. Don't buy new vehicles because new vehicles are for suckers. You know, you take such a huge hit on the negative equity. You buy a brand new vehicle, you're a moron. I'm sorry. There's no other way to slice it. I can say that confidently because you're talking to a three times repeating, uh, a three time um, repeat uh, offender moron. I did it with an 09 Mustang. That was pretty cool. If I would have just held on to it for another two more years, that car would have been paid off. But no, no, no. I decided to be stupid and trade it in, roll over some negative equity into a 2013. And then I got rid of that and got a 2013 pickup truck. Um, needless to say, yeah, I can speak from experience. You are a moron like I was three times over buying something brand new. If you're going to buy something newer, Get something that's like a year or two old. Let some other sucker take the hit on the negative equity and on their credit. Don't don't let that be you. Okay. Now that we got that um, out of the way, let's see what we have here for chapter 39. Now, we're going to be reading out of the New American Bible Revised Edition. Uh, there's This is a fairly shorter chapter, only 23 verses, and then we'll get into the summary. This was originally going to be 
it was going to be a one show uh, show. It might turn into a plus plus. I'm not going to do a second show because I really have nothing I wanted to discuss. But there is an audio piece that I was thinking about playing. So this might turn into a uh, Genesis 39 summary and then a plus plus at the end of it. But not too much because uh, I'll be honest with you. Yesterday's daddy daughter dance whooped me. Um, I discovered I am not the good dancer like I used to be. Tragic. Yep. I'm drinking some coffee here. So if you hear awkward pauses, that's me taking a sip. I have two left feet, I've discovered, um, but it was fun. We had a lot of fun. Me and Haven, we had a lot of fun, <clears throat> um, ate a lot of junk food. They had pizza. Um, it was it was a good time. You know, it was our first daddy-daughter dance, and uh, she had a good time up until, up until the very end. And what happened at the very end <laughs> Leslie Liberty asked, did they play any disco? No, but they played polka and that was a major dance floor killer. Let me tell you, somebody requested it. There's like a bunch of dads and little girls on a dance floor, me included. And all of a sudden the guy, the DJ is like, oh, we got some polka polka by request. And then all of a sudden he started playing it and you could tell who requested it because they stayed on a dance floor and like 85% of the dance floor ditched. I mean, it was like somebody dropped a, a gas bomb. And everybody vacated the dance floor. I'm like, oh, dude, you just did a major DJ fail, dude. Like, what are you doing? But anyway, um, yeah, we had a good time all the way up until the end. Because in the very beginning, you could purchase tickets. You know, because, of course, it's a fundraiser for a school. It's a Catholic school that was doing this for the community. It was really cool. In fact, it's my my wife's old school from when she was a kid. And so you could purchase <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm like reading the <laughs> what? Who, who works out the polka? Listen, Ellis says polka is great workout. <laughs> I probably, you know, I don't doubt it. I just don't know if I would do it. Um, but in the beginning, when you walk in, you pay your admission. You could pay for tickets, and then there's a table there with a bunch of prizes that were donated. Right, stuff for kids. Um. And then you you pick the you know pick the prizes depending on how many you know tickets you have and you write your name on the back of the ticket. It's a drawing, right? It's a raffle. So we had fun all the way up until the very end because there were some dads that like Katie Katie was telling me she because she was at the door selling tickets. <laughs> there were some dads because you know there's some dads that come in that are working class you know guys like myself you know you work sun up to sun down and you know you earn every single penny of what you make. And then you got those dads out there that are like lawyers and doctors or they do God knows what and probably hardly do any labor. And they literally would give the card to my wife or whoever was taking the payments. And they're like, oh, whatever, however many tickets my my little girl wants. <laughs> I spare no expense. I mean, you had all kinds there. So you could tell the dads that bought a ton of tickets for their little girls because those same little girls won the prizes over and over and over again. And of course it created a lot of tears for Haven because she didn't get to win anything. It was pretty heart wrenching to say the least. I was like, well, I'm like, that's, you know, me and her mom were like, that's, that's part of it. You know, it's part of it. So we ended up stacking up a bunch of candy for her to take on the go. Yeah which half of it we ended up throwing away because then it was like God's poking at us. Like, you know, that crap is not good. Right. So, uh, my wife threw some of it away, but anyway, so there's that. 
like you guys really wanted to hear any of that. You guys are still talking about polka here. I'm like looking at the chat here. What the hell? You guys are still... Do you, should we just go? Should we just skip the Bible reading? And just go right into polka. I mean, you guys, you guys are talking about Polish weddings and somebody being, you know, playing grabby hands. Whoa, what kind of wedding are you going to that somebody's got grabby hands? <laughs> That's not good. Let's keep it Jesus related. Okay, let's get to the reading. Okay, chapter thirty-nine, New American Bible Revised Edition. That's my personal favorite, and it reads. Now we're talking about Joseph's temptation here. When Joseph, uh, wait, is this the one I want to read from? Yes. Okay. When Joseph's tempt, uh, when Joseph was taken down to Egypt, an Egyptian Potiphar, an official of Pharaoh, and his chief steward bought him. <clears throat> excuse me, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him there. The Lord was with Joseph and enjoyed great success, and was assigned to the household of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and brought him success in whatever he did, he favored Joseph and made him his personal attendant. Now he put him in charge of the household and entrusted to him all his possessions. Now from the moment that he put him in charge of his household and all of his possessions, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The Lord's blessing was on everything he owned, both inside the house and out. Having left everything he owned in Joseph's charge, he gave no thought with Joseph there to anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome, and after a time his master's wife looked at him with longing and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, as long as I am here, my master does not give a thought to anything in the house, but has entrusted me to all he owns. He has no more authority in this house than I do. He has withheld from me nothing but you, since you are his wife. How then could I do this great wrong and sin against God? Now, although she spoke to him day after day, he would not agree to lie with her or even be near her. Good for you, Joseph. One such day when Joseph came to, into the house to do his work and none of the household servants were then in the house, she laid hold of him by his cloak, saying, Lie with me. But leaving the cloak in her hand, he escaped and ran outside. And when he saw that he had left his cloak in her hand as he escaped outside, she cried out to her household servants and told them, Look, my husband brought us a Hebrew man to mock us. He came in here to lie with me, but I cried out loudly. And when he heard me scream, he left his cloak beside me and escaped and ran outside. Mm-mm-mm. She kept the cloak with her until his master came home. Then she told him the same story. The Hebrew slave whom you brought us came to me and to amuse himself at my expense. But when I screamed, he left his cloak beside me and escaped outside. Now, when the master heard his wife's story in which she reported, thus and so your servant did to me, he became enraged. And Joseph's master seized him and put him into the jail where the king's prisoners were confined. And there he sat in jail. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him kindness by making the chief jailer well disposed towards him. The chief jailer put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners in the jail. Everything he had to be that had to be done there, he was the one to do it. The chief jailer did not have to look after anything that was in Joseph's charge, since the Lord was with him and was bringing success to whatever he was doing. 
And that is the short reading of Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 23. I tell you what, man, that, that's, that's dirty, that, that wife, what she did. That was really dirty. But, you know, I wouldn't expect anything different from somebody who's trying to seduce a stranger when she's married. And then only, you know, to, you know, when she knows that she's at risk of being caught, you know, obviously she had to divert her her actions in some other manner to make it look like she was the victim in all this. I mean, that's just, you know, talk about Satan working in, in, in many ways. And that's one of them right there. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But anyway, so let's kind of get into the, um, let's get into the, uh, to the summary here. And again, I'm referencing this out of BibleRef.com, just FYI. So Genesis returns uh, from describing the scandalous family history of Judah in chapter 38. Now here, the scripture resumes a focus on Joseph, sold by his brothers into slavery in Egypt, and then Joseph is purchased by a powerful Egyptian official, the captain of the guard. Now, though Joseph is no longer in the land of promise or with his family, the Lord is still with him and Joseph has not been abandoned. Now, Potiphar, Joseph's master, soon sees that Joseph is successful in all that he does. So not only is is the Hebrew slave a hard worker and a man of integrity, but he also is blessed by his Hebrew God. Now, before long, Potiphar installs Joseph at the head of his entire household, and as a result, everything Joseph is responsible for thrives. So Potiphar's household apparently grows in wealth and well-being, and Joseph's God is given the credit, of course, in all of this. And this is about the best outcome that Joseph could have hoped for, as a slave in Egypt, I'd say, taking a sip of coffee, excuse me. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I do have a live video feed on Clout Hub with the audio being synced up all the way from everything I play. Now, continuing on with the summary, a complication arises, however, like his mother, Rachel, Joseph is blessed with exceptionally good looks and he is, you know, extremely attractive as we find out. And soon, Potiphar's wife notices him and decides, well, I think we're going to try to seduce him. Or rather, she will try, right? Now, one day she commands him, lie with me. And perhaps she made a regular practice of sleeping with her husband's slaves. Now, Joseph knows that he is in a terrible position at this point. And given any other command, he would be compelled to obey his master's wife, yet he knows that sleeping with her would be a clear betrayal of the extraordinary trust Potiphar had put in Joseph. And so Joseph refuses his master's wife, carefully explaining that he cannot betray Potiphar. More importantly, he will not sin against his God. Good for him. And so Potiphar's wife will not take no for an answer, of course. And she continues to attempt to seduce and coerce Joseph into bed with her. And he continues to refuse her. And now one day, one day, when no other men are in the household, she grabs him by the cloak and demands once more that he sleep with her. Huh. Now, whether this is a trap or a coincidence, the moment is extremely promising but instead of arguing, Joseph twists out of his cloak and escapes outside to safety. It's the only way that he can avoid both the temptation and the appearance of immorality. 
he literally runs away rather than be accursed or excuse me, accused of something improper. Now, left holding Joseph's cloak, Potiphar's wife is, of course, furious. Her lust is then converted into rage and then a quest for revenge. And she calls to the other male servants, which is interesting because I thought there was no other male servants in the house. But she calls to the other male servants for assistance and tells them Joseph attempted to rape her, running away when she screamed. And then the lie fits, of course. And they likely saw Joseph running from the house without his cloak. And her clever lies play on the other servants' resentment of Joseph's success. So not only that, they, they resent him for his race as well. Now Potiphar, as his wife hoped, is also enraged by her story. And so in his anger, he has Joseph thrown into the jail for the king's prisoners. Now this reaction is strangely subdued. And Potiphar likely had the right to kill Joseph outright, and the charge is extremely serious. It's possible that, excuse me, I'm sorry, I just kind of like lost my spot here. It's possible that Joseph's reputation for honesty and potentially unfaithful history in Potiphar's wife softened his reaction just enough to keep him from having Joseph killed. Now, of course, it's not fair. I mean, we know this, right? I mean, because Joseph had been falsely accused. It would be natural to expect him to think that he had lost God's blessing. But however, you know, Scripture is very quick to assure us that the Lord was still with Joseph, even through all of this, right? And even more, actually, God showed Joseph his steadfast love in the jail because he was given all these different, you know, duties in the jail. And though Joseph languished in the Egyptian prison for a crime that he didn't commit, he had been he had not been abandoned by God. And as evidence of that fact, God causes the king's jailers to actually be impressed with Joseph's work ethic and integrity and success. And so soon Joseph is given charge of nearly all the duties in the prison, much as he had been in Potiphar's house because of the Lord's blessing. And everything Joseph does continues to succeed. And so soon, this combination of divine blessings, work ethic, and success will bring Joseph to the attention of Pharaoh himself. And so that kind of concludes the summary of um, Genesis 39 there. Let me go back to the uh, chat here, see who we all got here. Got some more people rocking in the house here. Coastal Runner, a.k.a. Mom. We got Angie. Lizanella. Ah, right. All right. All right. Like I said, it was a very short, short reading. But um, I mean, just reading through the chat here. See what's going on here in the chat. Lizanella was saying, I saw this at a live theater last year and it was implied on the stage that Joseph slept with her. I was furious at that show. Oh, wow. So they gave you fake news through production. That's not cool. See, this is what we're talking about right here, ladies and gentlemen. See, if you get to the very last paragraph, let, let, let me just pull this up real quick. You get to the last paragraph of Revelations. This is very important for people to realize, and especially those that want to, you know, make up stories about the Bible and skew it. Last paragraph of Revelations. Look that up because I think there's something pretty important about that. Actually, I don't know why I did that. I could have just gone right here. All right, book list. 
you scroll down, Revelations. All right, chapter 22. Let's scroll all the way to the bottom. Right here, yeah, starting with verse 18. It says, I warn everyone who hears the prophetic words in this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to them the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words in this prophetic book, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city described in this book. The one who gives this testimony says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. And after reading what Lizanella was just putting in here, how she saw this in theater, some and they implied that Joseph slept with her, I mean, granted, yeah, they're not they're not making the change in the Bible per se, but they're definitely making the change in people's perception, and that's just about as bad in my in my opinion. You know, sounds like uh, you know, certainly adding some stuff that wasn't originally in the you know original text to begin with. Naughty, naughty for those producers. Continuing the roll down here on the uh, Leslie Liberty says, sounds like a Me Too movement thing. There's truly nothing new under the sun. Yeah, that's true. Everybody's saying hi and hola and hi and hi and hola and hey. A lot of highs and hays and holas here. Eh. And then my wife, there's my wife. Because sex sells and the Bible doesn't, they want to make it look bad. <laughs> She's not wrong. She is not wrong. And then Angie says, isn't the Bible the most best-selling book in the history of books? I thought so. That's what I had heard anyways. So anyways, but um, so where are we at? We're about 25 minutes in. Like I said, this is only going to be a one-show a one show thing. Let me, uh, let me hook up my phone to the audio real quick. There is one thing I do want to play, which is very interesting. So you guys probably already seen this. On Telegram, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's Sunday, so a lot of you guys aren't scrolling the gram or anything else. Oh, here is something I did want to kind of put out there. Um, so I saw this. It was an article. This was last week. I'm pretty sure it's an article from Russia because it has a .ru at the end of it, Pravada.ru. And the headline says, Threat of, on- of Oncology, Sports Activities with Wireless Headphones Discredited. It says AirPod tumors, brain cancer, question mark. Now, this is a post on Telegram. This is from, um, I can't remember where it's from now because I just, I saved it to my messages, but I didn't tell who it's from. Uh, but it is from pravada.ru slash news. And right here it says AirPod tumors, brain cancer, question mark. This does not surprise me. Prolonged use of Bluetooth headphones increases the risk of developing tumors in the body and may also contribute to miscarriages in women. In this regard, experts recommend limiting the use of wireless headphones while exercising, watching TV, and in other situations. However, it is worth noting that specialists also emphasize that smartphones and x-ray radiation can cause greater harm to the human body. That's right. And your Wi-Fi routers. I mean, there's so much around us that can do this. As a matter of fact, you know what's interesting? Hey, Zero Michigan. Welcome, brother. Haven't seen you in a minute. Don't be a stranger so much. I missed you, man. Glad to see you here. Thank you for the little coffee. I appreciate that. Um, but you know, a buddy of mine at work, we were talking about this. He was watching a video of, uh, of someone, um, they heated up water, clean water from the same source in a microwave. And they took the same water from the same source, right? 
waited for the water that was heated up in the microwave to cool back down to the same room temperature, the same temperature as the water that was not microwaved. And then they, they watered the same plants in the same atmosphere, same environment, same everything. The water that was microwaved killed the plant. Whereas the water that wasn't microwaved didn't figure that one out. I mean, there's really nothing to figure out. Clearly the molecular level of that water got destroyed by the radiation. Probably. I mean, it's no wonder that microwaves are, are banned out in Russia. What's going on? Rocky raccoon. Glad to have you here. Welcome. Always glad to see you back here. Um, but yeah, it just goes to show you, you know, that radiation, that radiation isn't just subjected to microwaves, but you know, Bluetooth headphones, our cell phones, our Wi-Fi. You know, all that crazy stuff. And, you know, like I said, there was a, a few months back, me and Katie, my wife, we got some severe hellacious headache, headaches one day at the same time, and it was bad. And Destry was like, you should probably turn off your Wi-Fi router and your cell phones and, and, and see what that does, because it sounds like you're getting excessive radiation. And I tell you what, within about 10 or 15 minutes of shutting all those devices off, it was like almost instant, went away. Almost instant. It was crazy. But anyway, that wasn't what I wanted to read. What I wanted to read, though, and I just happened to run across that my saved messages. So I felt I felt it incumbent upon myself to put that out there. Now, you probably some of you probably heard this. This is about seven and a half minutes long. Some of you may have heard of Nurse Erin. She tells you know, she's got a website, nurseerin.org, and she's a registered nurse. Now, there's a post here. It says nurse again from Telegram. <clears throat> And she says, uh, the post here says, Nurse Aaron tells us what happened during the COVID insanity at the hospital and patient level. Those of you who know my perspective and have followed me for some time will know that the American medical mafia is very more deadly or vastly more deadly, dangerous and satanic than anything doctor, uh, any, anything Nazi Dr. Mengele ever did. It's not even close. And the American medical mafia is a front for the most heinous crimes ever committed against humanity. I hate using the word humanity, so I will say against mankind. Here's the video. I'm going to play this. Again, seven and, a half, seven and a half minutes long, but it's worth listening. Palmer Jennings. Aaron has been seated additional time from James Rosenberger. James, are you here? She will have a total of six minutes. Good morning, commissioners. And thank you guys so much for, for having me here and also listening to all of us. It's very unheard of these days. My name is Erin Olszewski and I'm here in support of the Collier Health Freedom Bill of Rights Ordinance and the Health Freedom Resolution. A little bit about my background and why it's important that you understand how imperative it is that what I'm about to share with you in, is in your decision today. Um, first, I'm a mom. Um, I have three boys. Um, I'm here to protect them, but I'm also here to protect and defend your children and grandchildren as well. Um, I'm a registered nurse. I'm here to stand up for my patients and honor those who have died unnecessarily. I'm an author of a book that is no longer allowed on bookshelves, which I'm going to give each of you a copy to read because of censorship. Um, they won't even put it on bookshelves so people won't find out what's going on. And also, um, I'm an Army combat veteran. I served over a year in Iraq, 2003 to 2004. Um, Commissioner Castro, thank you for your service. And Commissioner Cowell, thank you for your service as well. My oath never expires, um, not only to my country, but also to my patients. 
So at the height of the pandemic, I actually traveled um, from Florida and, uh, in the Tampa Bay area to New York um, to work in the COVID ICU. I actually was placed at the um, epicenter of the epicenter, which is Elmhurst Hospital in Queens, New York. I just want to make this very clear that this was not just solely happening in New York, um, but all around our great nation, including Florida and more specifically right here in your county. I know this because upon my return after getting kicked out of New York for trying to advocate for my patients, I began advocating for patients all around Florida, the same situation in every single hospital. What I witnessed in New York can only be described as a turnkey style assembly line to a body bag. There's no liability. There is gag orders on all of our staff, including myself. We were threatened to be sent home if we said anything. They banned family members, which are the patient's advocates, which should never happen ever again. They banned treatments. I always say that politicians make lousy doctors. A politician or government should never get in between the doctor-patient relationship ever again. Um, if they wanted to do that, they can go to medical school or become a nurse. There was financial incentives put on admissions of patients, so $13,000 to admit patients. Why not? Uh, we were actually ordered down from sending any of the patients to the comfort ship, which was wide open. Uh, the Javits Center was empty. The Good Samaritan uh, tents were, were empty. They admitted them for $13,000 a person. The protocols consisted of sedation, paralyzing agents, and then essentially a vent. Some of the patients' rooms that I went into, their feces dried up their backs for two, three weeks. They had bed sores where you could see their bones. They were coding full code patients. Being a full code means that you want all resuscitation done and all measures done. CPR, you want to be saved. They were not doing that. And they were not doing it behind locked hospital doors. And nobody knew except for the people that were in there. They ended up in a, in a body bag. Eventually we just had garbage bags and then they were tossed into the freezer trucks. Every single one of my patients outside of one patient um, died, and I had to stack their bodies in these freezer trucks, but they were not dying of COVID. And on top of that, they ended up banning autopsies. So there was a $39,000 price tag for the ventilators and sometimes $10,000 for each death. It's absolutely disgusting. I tried to say something and I was unable to. Um, I was threatened with being sent home, so I decided that I was gonna go undercover. Got some spy glasses, got some audio gear, and I started recording for the next four weeks. I'd like to share a little clip if I could, because I think that it's very important that you actually hear with your, your own ears what is actually, uh, what happened, what continues to happen to this very day in the hospital. This is a seasoned medical doctor working at a new, the New York City um, Hospital. Um, he was on a travel assignment. He was making approximately $75,000 a week. Uh, nurses were getting $10,000 a week, so this was hush money, in my opinion. He ended up uh, calling all the nurses together after um, he was essentially busted for not coding a full-coded patient, actually wrote her death certificate before she even died, and then called the family and lied to them. But I'd like to just have this on record because I think it's very important that the public know that this happened and this was going on. If there was family in the room, if the ethics committees was in there and Jacob was standing in the room, you guys wouldn't do what you guys just said. Like, you guys would have been way more proactive. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what I have a problem with. Because if you, a good conscience could say, well, we would have done the same thing regardless of who was watching us right now, then I'd be like, all right, fine. But I don't feel like that's the case. Let me ask you a question. And this is whatever your opinion is. What do you think the right thing to do for her 
is in that setting. Let me just say. I think the right thing to do for her is what she wants. During that time when she was crashing, she was full of clothes. You guys were already having conversations with the nurse to not call the location. And when I went to go call the clothes, you were saying, no, don't call coach. But at that time, she was full of clothes. Later on, she became DNR, I think, around 135. But when she was crashing, it was 115, 120. So if you don't want to call the patient, you need to aggressively contact your family to make it a DNR before this happens. Totally agree. I'm going to cut it short. I know that my, my time is short, but um, it, that's clearly murder. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to end with this. The last thing standing between a patient and body bag is a good nurse. Um, if a good nurse isn't allowed, sorry, this is tough. Sorry. If a good nurse isn't allowed to do her job, sorry. Sorry. Then it's an automatic death sentence for our patients. And we're forced to watch them die unnecessarily. And now we have to live with that reality forever in our hearts and our souls. And you know, a lot of us have been holding the line for a really long time. Um, and this dam is, is about to break and we are calling for reinforcements. We need you guys to support us to make sure that it never ever happens again because it could be you, it could be your family members next time. And in any person that's in opposition of this resolution in the ordinance is likely someone that you don't want taking care of you yeah. or they have something to hide. Well, in this with this. United we stand against those we trusted. I hope that you guys will really um, dig deep in your souls and your hearts and, and understand that this is a good for humanity, not only Floridians, but all over the world. So God bless you and thank you for listening to me. Yeah, that was pretty sad when I was listening to this. I don't know if you guys paid attention, though, because she, what she was also saying is that a lot of the people that were dying weren't COVID patients. They were coding them as COVID patients, but what they were doing is they were letting a lot of people die of the ailments that they already were dealing with, whether they be cancer, whether that was some sort of infection or a staph infection or MRSA. I mean, who knows? But she was saying that a lot of people were dying of other stuff. It wasn't COVID. I mean, sure, it, some of it might have been, possibly, but by and large, most of the people that were dying were dying from other causes, but yet they were coding everything differently. And sometimes they were even announcing, like she was saying, they were even, there were doctors writing out death certificates and then contacting the family before the patient actually even died. Jason, why are you even playing this on a plus plus at the end of a Bible podcast? I'll tell you why I'm playing it because number one, it's too important to overlook. Number two, we have to expose this type of corruption. Truth sometimes is a very hard thing to face. I mean, what's that old saying we've always grew up you know, hearing? Truth hurts, right? No matter who it is. See, we've, we've been accustomed to trusting these medical institutions for so long. And doctors and we've been we've been taught to trust, you know, uh, 
police officers and uh, FBI and our CIA. We've been taught to trust our public schools and, and our school boards. Like we've been taught to trust so much. But yet these same organizations and these same entities and these same corporations and Nazi ran, well, we're going to call it for what it is, these Nazi ran corporations, all they're trying to do is make a buck off of you. Whether if you're dead or alive, it don't matter. They're trying to make a buck off of you. Better that you're dead because that just adds to one more tally mark of one less man or woman on this earth. For these Luciferians, these satanic, you know, evil scumbags, that's one less man or woman that will be able to spread the word of God to other people. This is precisely why, among many reasons, of course, but this is precisely why I do this podcast. Because not only do we need to get the truth out there about God's word, but we also need to get the information and the education out there about the National Assembly, how you assemble your state. Well, Jason, every time you get on the air, you always talk about the assemblies. Yes, I do. Why? I'm going to ask the class a question. Why is the assembly of states, the assembly of people in these different states and different counties across the country, why is this so important that I bring this up on a subject like this medical mafia kill company that they are? Why is it so important that I bring up the assembly of people in, in a case like this? Because if we, if we go back to a couple episodes I did back on Friday, what did I talk about? How a jury of 12 has more power than a president, Congress, or the military combined. A jury in common law comprised of the people in general assembly. When you become a member in the General Assembly, you sign one of three doc. You sign three different documents, and one of them is called a JCO, a Jural Covenant of Office. Let me say that again: a Jural Covenant of Office. Jural, meaning you would be one who would be called upon for jury duty in the event of a grand jury or a trial jury in common law. Once we get our thirty-eight plus states, remember we have a lot of sealed indictments that we need to get to. But we can't get at any of that unless we assemble our states and counties. So I bring up the assembly in this particular case. All these people, it's going to be another, it's going to be like another Nuremberg on steroids times like a hundred. It's going to be so biblical and historic in nature that it doesn't matter who you are. Nobody's going to be able to rewrite this history because it's going to be ingrained in everybody's brain when they live through it. Nobody's going to forget what's going to come. And because nobody's going to forget what they're, what's going to come, it's going to be certain that this information and this knowledge base continuously gets passed down from generation to generation to make sure we never have this level level of tyranny and oppression occur ever again. That is why it is important to assemble your states and your counties because these people, these nasty scumbags, 
they need to be held accountable. And they will. They will. I'm not going to say it's going to be an overnight success. I'm not going to say it's going to happen instantly because, I mean, you know, the military has been waiting on us for decades to get our crap together and assemble. But like Angie was saying right here in the chat, assembly is the only solution. It is the only solution. You know, and and, and if, if people like to just sit there and say, well, well, I'm just waiting. I'm just going to let God do what he does or, you know, hey, I'm just, you know, just going to sit on the sidelines and just uh, let the let the patriots, right? The white hats are in control. I'm, they're, they're doing it for me. I don't have to lift a finger. Wrong. Wrong. There's a guy that I, I, I was just talking to today, as a matter of fact. Um, I'm going to keep his name. I'm going to keep his name quiet because I don't he I, he appears to be a very private individual to me um former marine he was in special forces very honorable man I believe he's in his mid 70s maybe that I tell you what that guy's got more fight than anybody I know when it comes to restoring this country. I admire this man. This man, I respect and I admire him. Destry knows who I'm talking about. I'm, I'm not going to, again, I can't, I'm not going to divulge his name because he seems to be a very private individual and I just, I'm not going to do that. But he knows what's going on. In fact, he knows a lot about what's going on. He knows a lot more than I do for sure. I mean, without a doubt, there's some stuff that he knows that he can't quite divulge yet. But my point is that we're talking about a man who's in his mid-70s. And man, this guy is a fighter. He's a scrapper. He is a scrapper. And he's not going to stop. We're not, none of us are going to stop. The rightful men and women that are in assembly, not just in Michigan, but in Wisconsin, which, by the way, congratulations, Wisconsin, for being number 17 for assembling your state. Congrats. To my knowledge, there is a county in Illinois that's about ready to settle today, as a matter of fact. There's a lot of stuff going on around the country. Um, there's some stuff I got to you know, keep to myself, some stuff I can talk about you know, in general you know, vagueness. But there's a lot of stuff that's occurring. And I'm not going to sit here and just, you know, I'm not going to, I hate date dropping and, and, and time setting. Cause it's, it's, we saw where that got so many podcasters over the last three years, a big nowhere, but it, it, one thing is for certain, if you're paying attention, more and more stuff is being dripped out and flowing out faster than ever than we have ever seen in the last couple of few years. There is so much coming out. All we have to do, though, is be patient, put in our work, right? We, we have to use the gift that God gave us, the time that he's allotting us, and we need to get to work. If somebody's out there saying, oh, just grab some popcorn and sit down and wait for the white hats to save the day. Ha oh, ha. 
I swear, if I hear somebody tell me, grab some popcorn, I'm going to lose my crap. I hate that saying, because you know what that implies to me? When you're telling somebody, grab some popcorn, that is, to me, what I'm hearing is, oh, don't worry about it. You don't have to do anything. Somebody else has got this. Grab some popcorn and just enjoy the show. No. You throw that damn popcorn in the trash, and you get freaking working. If I see anybody or hear anybody say, grab the popcorn, the white hat's got this, I'm going to look at you and say, well, you're the reason why America is in the place that it's in because you trusted somebody else to do the work that you should have been doing. So shut your mouth and get to work, Bucky. Otherwise, stop complaining about all the crap that you're dealing with because you're not even willing to put any skin in the game. Anyway, it was very, very sad to hear what Nurse Aaron had to report on. And of course, you know, they're still pushing these dumb shots out and ugh, I don't I don't trust the medical system anymore. I mean, like I was telling you guys the other day, I mean, our dentist for crying out loud was trying to tell my wife that she had two cavities just to try to get some extra work done on her mouth that she didn't even need. Why? So he can make money off of something that she didn't need to have done. She ended up, thank God, went and got a second opinion. Sure, it costed us a couple hundred dollars than I really cared to spend, but to her, that was $200 well spent because now she doesn't have to get, you know, uh, cavities filled. And now we just discovered something more important with that $200. We can't trust our dentist. That's a dentist. You're going to sit here and tell me that a doctor has got your good best, you know, your best interest at heart. Look, I'm not saying all doctors are bad. My wife has got two of them in the family. One one that is um, a cousin of hers and then her cousin's wife. They're, they're, they're married doctors. They're ER docs. So not all of them are bad, but they're definitely misguided. And, you know, listen, money does a very strange thing to people. It doesn't matter who you are and what title you hold. You offer any amount of money. They'll do just about anything. Like that lady said. Doctors were getting paid $75,000 a week. Nurses were getting paid $10,000 a week. And in her mind, that was hush money. You think most doctors would look the other direction for $75,000 a week? A week? Yeah, there's a lot of people that would, I guarantee you, would take that money. Jason, what about you? Well, for one, I'm not a doctor, but since you asked, if I was a doctor, being in the spiritual place that I am in, let me just tell you this before I answer that question. I was ready to walk away from my trucking career, a career that I absolutely enjoy and love because I grew up around trucks my whole life. I love semi-trucks. If the FMCSA, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, was going to press these shots on me, Look, I was willing to make a lifestyle change and completely start over if the FMCSA was about to do that to me and other drivers. I was about ready to quit and try to figure it out going forward and, you know, just trusting God. So to answer that question, if I was a doc, I'd be looking the other way. I'd be like, no, I'm out. I am not killing people or looking the other way for a few extra bucks. Jason, $75,000 a week is more than just a few extra bucks. Yeah, that's true. I don't care if it was for $175,000 extra every week. 
I'm pretty sure there's something in the Bible that says, what profits a man that he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Nah, I kind of want to get to heaven. Therefore, I'm not killing God's people for a few extra bucks. Not selling my soul. No, thank you, Satan. You can go back to hell with that bull crap. Nah. Hard pass. I hope I made myself clear on that. <sighs> Zero Michigan, that's a good question. He says, how much is your soul worth? Not, not any amount of money. I don't care if somebody came up to me and said, you know what, Jason? I will. It's like Mike Gill, which, by the way, I got to update on that. But it's like Mike Gill with the $50 million they offered him to shut up. He ain't shutting up. He took it the next step up and ended up taking these, you know, he's, he's trying to expose these criminals. So real quick on Mike Gill. So I've been emailing him and the last correspondence I got, and I'm, you know, look, he's probably very busy. I'm just going to just read. So, you know, I'm not BSing you here. I have a total of 12 emails collectively between mine and his back and forth. Um, I'll just read the last couple. Uh, because of the, I was I was trying to follow up with him four days ago. I said, good evening, Mike. Wanted to see if you wanted to be on the show. Uh, hold on a second. I got to change my my color settings on here. Every time it gets to 7 p.m., it changes my orange light, whatever, in the background. But anyway, I said, wanted to see when you wanted to be on the show to help spread the message of the corruption there in New Hampshire and across this nation. I typically do podcasts in, in half an hour and a half blocks, um, 7 to 8.30 um, Eastern Daylight Time wanted to see if we can have you on this Friday evening. If not, then maybe a day of your choosing. God bless you, Mike. And um, heard you on the Alpha Warrior podcast. Great show. I started following him on Rumble and Twitter now. Um, so then he responded back by saying, Friday, I have a meeting. Middle of next week sounds good. So then I emailed him to try to nail down Wednesday at 7 p.m. He didn't respond. So then I waited till a couple more days. And then I emailed him again, said, hey, just wanted to confirm if Friday or you know, if Wednesday would work and still haven't heard anything, guys. So I don't know if that's going to work out. Um, I'm going to keep trying. I'm not going to be. I, look, I know they say the squeaky wheel gets a grease, but I'm not going to I'm not going to crawl up this guy's butt to get him on the show. I mean, because quite frankly, I could talk about a lot of other things. Um if, if, you know, if for whatever reason he doesn't want to come on the show, I, I don't know what the deal is. Like I said, I, it was looking promising, but it's just not happening. I don't know. He's just not responding. And again, he's a busy man. Okay. He's a busy man. He's got everything else to do in this world than respond to me. Um, so, but you know, it is what it is. So I, I will send him maybe one more email just as a hail Mary to see, uh, you know, what's going on and, you know, hopefully go from there. I don't know. So let's end this in prayer. Okay. Um, let me see what time is it right now. Look at that. Almost right on eight. Cause I'm trying to stay and get done by eight. So it's perfect. I'm trying to be more disciplined with my time. Heavenly father, I want to say thank you so very much for this time. And I appreciate all the, all the many blessings that you bring into not just my life, but everybody else's life around us. Thank you for our families and a good weekend. Um, appreciate the time that you gave me with my daughter yesterday for our first daddy daughter dance. Um, I hope those are memories that she'll never forget. Thank you so very much for the Bible and all the stories that you share. Even though some of them, we might not always understand them, but we know it's for good purpose. 
Um, we ask for your guidance every step of the way as we, you know, inch closer into the future. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff taking place and some things that we can make sense of. And there's some things we just flat out are really confused about. So we just ask that you continuously give us that discernment and speak to us and help us see what, you know, what's ahead of us. And we pray for our enemy. We haven't done that in a while, but we understand the importance of praying for our enemy. We pray that you not only unfoil their plans, but we pray that they have a change of heart. And we pray that they see the truth for what it really is. And we pray that it's not too late for some of these people to turn to your son, Jesus Christ, and accept him in their hearts. That is very, very important. And so we ask for that grace for our enemies. As much as we get angry with them for some of the injustices that they do towards us, we got to remember that vengeance is indeed yours. And it is not up to us to take matters in our own hands unless guided by you. And Rietta continues uh, the prayer here by saying, Lord, if it is your will, please allow Mike and Jason to do an interview. Also, please protect Mike as he tells his truth, the truth. Please encourage those who are weary and need encouragement. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That's a good ending to that prayer. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, Rietta, if, you don't, if you're not careful, you might be expected to be on every single live podcast because your last, you know, your, your little prayer contributions are like the perfect endings to all prayer. I'm serious. I mean, they really are good. Um, and it's always appreciated. And you're right. It is, it's, it is all him. And we got to give all glory to God because everything that is good in this world does come from God. Um, God is great and he will do all things for us, you know, as long as we believe in him. Right. And so anyways, I hope everybody has a good day, good night, wherever you're at in the world. And, uh, you know, and oh, li another little thing. So um, I'm going to be making, it's only limited, okay, um, about six of them, maybe five. I might keep one for myself. I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm going to be making because I will eventually start making some t-shirts. But the other day I was at Hobby Lobby and I found these glass bottles tall bottles like that you can you know for for you know put water in with an, a screw on cap on the top and i wanted to make something that you can still put in a dishwasher be dishwasher safe right but you know have something that you could put water in not just some cheap plastic cup with a his hardline logo on it you know because nobody likes plastic man plastic boo so what I was thinking about doing is, so I bought these six bottles and um, we're going to attempt to do etching where I'm going to etch with etching cream, the His Hardline, you know, um, logo of some degree. I had to alter my logo a little bit because of the shape of the bottle, but we're going to sell His Hardline water bottles. But again, there's only about six of them, possibly five 
but when they're done, I will post them. And, you know, obviously it's first come first serve. It's not like something that's going to be a continuous thing. Maybe it might be, I don't know. It just depends how these turn out. So I'm going to make six of them. And if they're any good, I'm keeping one for myself and then I'll sell the other five. So we'll see how that turns out. Okay. Um, but anyways, I hope you all have a great day or night, wherever you're at in the world. And, um, we'll be back here tomorrow. God bless. Maybe. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. Hmm. Something's going on here. Something's awry. Can you guys still hear me out of curiosity? Yes. What is going on? Hmm. Well, my music, I can't play my outgoing music on Podbean. And suddenly a great tempest arose. On it shows it's playing, but it's not. What is going on? Did you guys break it? Let's see. Let's try this again. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds of the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men marveled. Who can this be that even the winds of the sea obey him?